Well, thank you everyone for joining this week for our uh, Mortgage Matters with Chris here. Chris, thanks for being here and sharing your experience um, with us. You've been in the mortgage industry for uh, well over uh, 25 years and you and your wife do it together. So you've got double that time together. So uh, we're talking about USDA loans today, which uh, is kind of ironic and funny because I'm coming live from um, Illinois, actually, my hometown, and I'm sitting in the middle of a cornfield as we speak. Uh, and that's what we think of when we think of USDA, uh, is this rural area, farmland, and that certainly is the case. But uh, in places like where we're, we live right now in Florida and many places across the United States, especially up in the new, uh, the Northeast, where you're from, uh, especially out in Cal- uh, California, various places, uh, USDA does not necessarily mean country living. So... Uh, that's one thing that we wanted to touch on a little bit today and dive into uh, this program um, some more. So that being said, let's kick it off. So, Chris, USDA is not new. Been around for a while. Yep. It's been it's been here. For, it's been here and it's not going anywhere. So really what I want to focus on is just some bullet points, because. There's two things that really have to happen to be uh, to qualify for the USDA loan, and the big piece is the property itself. So, your home must be located in an eligible rural area, and typically, uh, how USDA defines that is it defines it like a population has to be less than twenty thousand. All right, and um, we can actually we're going to go through it. We can you can identify the area that you're looking for uh, through their website. And if you're buying a USDA uh, eligible area or not, you can kind of look and see. The next thing is, is there's an income, there's, there's income requirements. Okay. So we need to meet the local income requirement for your area. Every area is a little different because income levels here in Sarasota are a little bit higher than Podunk slash X state USA, right? Where people make a lot less. So that income limit may, may differ in your town than it does here, maybe in Manatee County or Sarasota County, um, same for up in the Northeast or, or in Illinois. So I'm going to show you all where to go to look for this stuff. So the main thing is rural area, right? We want to make sure that it's in a rural area. Um, the next thing that we're going to talk about is you must meet that USDA monthly income cap. So to be eligible, you can't make over 115% of the area medium income. And we're going to find those income numbers on the USDA page so it will tell us, right? And then a couple other factors for USDA that, would, that are kind of similar to the other programs, but they are a little stricter in some things. You know, so for example, your income should be stable, right? Applicants, anybody that applies has to demonstrate a stable and dependable income. Typically, we look at for the last 24 months you know, of you applying for that loan. So they're going to look at the past 24 months. Um, the next is a little bit different. A lot of government loans are a little bit more lenient per se on credit and what your credit score has to be. Uh, USDA, you know, isn't as lenient as FHA or BA. Um, they're a little bit tighter on the credit. So where, for example, with a FHA loan, I can go to 55% debt to income, and we're going to talk about that next. So I don't want to jump ahead, but we're going to talk about that. The main thing is credit worthiness. So requirements for a conventional loan, you get hit on your on your 
your interest rate, the lower your score is. So typically a 680 is where you, the lowest score that you want to be on a conventional loan, or it may not even make sense to, to do that loan because you're going to get hit on interest rate. For USDA, the credit score is typically around 640 that they're working for, for the guaranteed loans. Um, so 640 is kind of the lowest that you're going to go to qualify for that. So if you're looking to do this program, you want to make sure that your credits, not that 640 is a, a, a fantastic score, but it's not a, it's not a more challenged score, if you will. So 640 is the benchmark you want to be at. Um, then go ahead, Mindy. I was going to say, I just realized we should probably tell them why. What, what's the big advantage of a USDA over another one, uh, like an FHA or conventional? It's 100% financing. It's 100% financing, exactly. So it's the, the, the advantage of having 100% financing. The, uh, you have a guaranteed fee you've got to pay, but there's no, there's no PMI payment with these loans, which is really nice. So you don't have that monthly extra fee because you're, it's a higher risk loan. Um, so you don't have that payment to contend with. 100% alone is great. And you know the rate is typically a little bit better than that of a conventional loan or even an FHA loan. So the rates, there's a little bit of a rate advantage. 100% higher risk with not a lot of um, obligation to you for taking on that risk other than the guaranteed fee on the front, but you're going to have a similar fee with an FHA loan. Um, so that's a huge, that's huge. So Chris, I just saw um, somewhere just, gosh, I think it was yesterday, the, the updated numbers on what they're saying the average home price, like selling price nationwide is right now. And I want to say it was something like $417,000, something like that. Uh, is the average. So if we think about trying to come up with a 5%, 10%, 20% down payment on a home that's over $400,000, especially Wait. first time home buyer, that's not an easy, I mean, that's not an easy hill to climb. No, especially in states like here in Florida, where your closing costs are traditionally higher than those of other states, just because some of the fees are transferred to the buyer versus the seller. Um, you know, like your transfer taxes and stuff in some states are usually paid by the seller. In Florida, they're paid by the buyer. So the costs are could be 20% higher in states like this. So for example, on a four hundred thousand dollar loan with concessions and closing costs, you could be upwards to ten to fifteen thousand dollars in cost for yeah. that loan on top of your five percent. So now you got twenty thousand here for five percent on the four hundred, and then you also have you know, another ten to fifteen thousand in closing costs and concessions, which is your, you know, your escrow account for your taxes and insurance. And then you may have an HOA fee you have to pay for in some of the communities specifically down here in Florida. So now you look at that cost, now you're coming up with, you know, thirty-five thousand dollars. Some people don't have that thirty-five thousand dollars laying around. And I would bet that. 80% of people don't have that kind of money just laying I think around. It's, I think so. it's higher than 80% of, of people. Like Probably. I'm trying to be a little bit. That's a little generous. What I'm saying, just so, you know, but but again, it's, um, you know, the, it's a lot of money, especially with the, the, the rising costs of everything in life right now, from your food to your fuel to everything else. People might not have the saving power like they did. So that's why. Again, why we talked about why this is such a big trend on the internet right now is people are looking for other advantages. Now, 
There's other down payment assistant programs out there. Every state has them and they're great. They can give you 100%, but typically there's a cost to it. Whether the rate's higher, um, that, that usually you sacrificed, you get the 100%, but you pay a little higher in rate. Um, and the restrictions to get those are loans you're looked under as a fine, you know, with a fine comb. So these are the types of things that with this loan, you know, the barrier to entries may be a little bit different, but it's a little bit um, payment wise, it's going to be better. Their interest rates are going to be better with this program compared to a lot of those down payment assistance programs. But the last, the one thing that we left off on, and I'm trying to get some bullet points so we have some sound bites this time for each of these is you can't have too much existing debt. So generally monthly debt, you know, including your future mortgage payments, meaning all your revolving debt, credit card debt. So let's just do an easy number. Someone has $10,000 in credit card debt. That's around $300 a month in payment, right? And then they have two car payments at $500 each. So you got $1,000 plus your $300, so $1,300. So we got to keep your debt to income under typically with a, with a USDA loan, we don't want it to exceed 41% of your gross monthly income. How does that compare to other loans like a conventional loan? It's a lot more leaner. So, you know, for example, with an FHA loan, I can do your back end ratio up to, I've seen them go as high as 55%. So, you know, you really, the affordability index in a sense is that the USDA is not going to take that much of a risk on you at 100%, meaning they're not going to risk you at 50%. Right. So you're contending with two things. You're going to have a loan limit that you can't exceed, you know, based on your debt to income and based on your income. So you can't, you only can make, I think in, um, here in Florida, and I'm going to show you this chart before we end is, I think it's like 110,000 and change a year combined income householding. So, you know, that's, you're looking, that's about $9,000 a month. Right. So if we're at, I'm going to use my calculator. So if you see me cheating here, um, I'm pretty good with math in my head, but this number I want to I want to show you at 41%, say of 9,000. So someone making a, the max amount, $110,000 a year at 9,000, we're going to multiply that times um, 0.41. That's going to leave, all that debt's going to have to come out of, you see this number, 3690. So just call it $3,700. What that means is your housing expense, meaning principal, interest, taxes, insurance, right? HOA, any of your housing expenses included with your revolving debt, credit card debt. So say we we use that example we just spoke on, $1,300 a month, $1,000 for car payments, $10,000 in credit card debt, $300, $1,300. Your mortgage payment, $3,690 minus $1,300 would be that mortgage payment could not exceed $2,390. Okay, so in that example, just a brief example on a max amount that you could qualify for, you're probably looking at a mortgage, maybe 300000 right? And, you know, again, that's a good starter house for most. So, I mean, a lot of people that are buying their forever homes, depending on their income, um, may be looking for a higher amount, but that's the numbers that we're playing with, right? So, based on that income. So, again, you're ability to buy something will depend on where you're buying. All right. If you go ahead. That's a good hard number example. Cause I think it's hard for people who don't, you know, who don't 
sleep and breathe mortgages to understand like my income is this, how much can right. I afford versus monthly. So thank right. you. Let me just, I'm going to write this, that number down. So based on, just so if anyone goes back, so you got 2390, right? Is the mortgage payment. We used um, $1,000 in car payments and $300 a month and 10, that which would reflect about $10,000 of credit card debt. And that's about normal. All right. And that put you at the max amount of 110,000 left you at, we said, um, the 36, what, 30, what was that number? 9,000 at 41%. You guys that are writing notes is 3690. Okay. So now what I want to do is I want to take a look. Now, if you have less debt, we can go up, right? You can, you can always, um, you know, if you had no car payments and no, um, or if you pay right. credit cards, right? Yeah. You could go up to thirty-one sixty, which would afford you. And I think maybe we know a few people that did that. They had no debt, so they were able to afford a nice yeah. house in like the markets that we're in, the parish markets. Yep. Lakewood Ranch is a little tough. Medium, median house home price in Lakewood Ranch is about six hundred thousand. Yeah. So that's it's a stretch to meet that requirement in yep. some pockets, but even a Lakewood Ranch. Believe it or not, is an area that qualifies for USDA. But again, you got to match everything up with it, right? You got to match up the income requirement to be able to find a house in that price range in the market you're looking at. So, so a little bit of extra moving parts. So I have this map up. Chris, do you want me to share my screen and show sure. where they can find that at? Sure. Um, all right. So let me pull this up here and you let me know, um, confirm that you can. See that map? We can. So, all right. Yeah, this is on the USDA um, website here. Um, if anyone just goes to Google and types uh, USDA loan eligibility map, this will actually pop right up. Which is uh, really cool. So, if you zoom, and you can also put in an, a specific address right here. Please, I first I look in the area, like before you start looking, why don't you zoom into our area right now, like into the Southwest Florida area? Sure thing. Uh, what did I just do? I might have to reload it here. Yeah, I so, think oh, so this is actually good because when you pull it up, um, it's going to bring you to this site where you have to uh, accept it. Um, so let me go back here. There we go. All right. Okay. So if I go here, um, let me see if I can zoom in. There we go. All right, so the way to read this map here Keep is- Keep zooming really good. So I want us to zoom in the Sarasota market. Sarasota, all right. So Glad. the areas that you can see here that are orange, those are the areas that are not eligible. So we'll find that, um, so Tampa, if I go quickly up to Tampa, I mean, all of Tampa is an urban area. So nothing Correct. inside Tampa counts. Nothing technically inside- um, like 75, yep. less than 75, outside of 75, other than a couple little areas in Fruitville that it kind of leads over 75, um, doesn't, you know, qualifies for USDA. So in our case, if you're here in Southwest Florida, mm -hmm. it's the 75, you're looking at, you're going to be qualifying for this program. But this is what Chris, you know, we were thinking about when we were discussing, um, like this podcast episode and how we were. I guess, going to explain this to people, the advantage of this, you know, not everyone wants to be out in the sticks. 
or out super rural area. They want to be more urban. And this part over here is the urban. It has all the restaurants, the shopping, everything you want. But you just go a couple miles out this way and suddenly you have eligibility. So you can find, um, and this is true all across the United States. Yeah, why don't you zoom out just a little bit, just kind of slowly zoom out and kind of pan around the country just so people can see. (laughs) Wow, that's, I, I, when I said pan out, I just meant, yeah. (laughs) It's a little, uh, little glitchy. You can even see when you're close like this, like how much areas, even from afar, qualify. Yeah. All this, a lot of this is white, right? A lot of this is the lighter shade, which means they qualify, but you know, there's a lot of areas. So it's not, it's not as if it's a limited area. It's a wide open area across the country that qualify for this loan program. I mean, look at, look at this out in California. You know, the major cities there are the ones that are uh, highlighted, but we know there's a lot of people that live in these small towns here um, with quick, easy accesses um, to these cities and such. So uh, anyone has access to this and can look and check out their area. Um, and you had mentioned this before, but I want to—I really want to uh, highlight that again. This is based on population of the area according to the U.S. Census. So when there's a new census, these maps could very well change. So the area that you were talking about earlier, Chris, um, like in our markets, a very hot area, it's that North River Ranch area um, right here. There's a good chance come the next census, this is going to be considered urban and not rural anymore. Absolutely. So the next time that comes around, so it is something you need to check. It's not something that's going to stay the same. It will adjust. So you will want to, if when you're looking, you will want to look at it this way. And then also you can type in the address itself and it will tell you if that property itself qualifies. There's a couple other things that we do need to talk about um, that will help you qualify or not qualify or the property qualify or not qualify. Uh, you'll need to purchase a single family residence. Okay. So we're not looking at a two family residence. Like a lot of FHA loans will be like, you have to own or off, but you can buy a two family, a multi family. No, this has to be a single family primary residence. This is not for investment properties or second homes. So it has to be a primary residence, has to be a single family. Um, also, the property must conform to all the safety standards. So the appraisal is going to be a little bit stricter as the same as an FHA loan or so. So we're USDA, the US, the property must meet the USDA minimum property requirements. And in most cases, that's going to include safety, structural integrity, um, adequate access to utilities and services, right? So it's going to have to be something that qualifies once that hits on the, once we get the appraisal, we'll know what that is. So a lot of times when we're dealing with a USDA loan, I'll talk to a listing agent and say, listen, let's just go through a quick checklist on this house. How's the roof look? How's, is there railings? If there's upstairs and downstairs, a, a lot of these challenges don't exist here in Florida because the homes are up to code and they're newer. Uh, when we're talking about Illinois, we're talking about the Northeast where houses are hundred plus years old in some <laughs> cases or 50, 60 years old. Some of that some of those things aren't done, like for example, a railing down to the basement. 
would have to be cured. Not a lot of money, but there's little nuances that we have to look at in, in some of these older markets where the homes are older that we even want to look at. You and are, these, are, these are the same type of requirements that any government government loan would require, like the VA loan right. and things like that. So it's not like an extra thing for USDA that's totally, you know, out of the ballpark. Correct. Correct. So, and also you need to be a U.S. citizen uh, or a U.S. citizen national with or, or have the social security numbers and whatnot to qualify for this. Um, the next thing I do, would, I would like to show, and if, Mindy, if I could share my screen, that would be awesome. Yeah, go ahead and try. I pulled it up on mine just in case it uh, wouldn't work, but go ahead. Okay, I just want to share. Oh, you disabled me. I'm sorry. I'm but so it, I could pull it up. Is it on the USDA site? Yeah, it's it's the income eligibility. Oh, but yeah. I don't I don't want you to have to hunt through 400 pages, but if you can. Oh, you're wanting to look for the- uh, I'm going to like Sarasota, Manatee County, because there's a couple things you want to look at with that. So I can give actually a quick tutorial of how people um, look for it. So let me share my screen again, and this will actually be good. That way people know how to use it. So that property map we were looking at is right here. So it's actually just two buttons over, the income eligibility. And look and on page 44, just so you know what page it is. So uh, we're going to look in Florida choose, or choose your state. You can pick the county. Are you wanting to do Sarasota County, Manatee? Yeah, it's it's going to be on page 40, and it's Northport, Sarasota, and Bradenton. It's the last one on that page. Right. And I like this example because right above it is Naples and Marco Island. So the income requirements are a little different in those two areas. So we can see it clearly, which is will be helpful. All right. So... That's not, that's not the page. Um, let, let's oh, do income limits. Okay. I see. So that's a little worksheet there that people can go through to see yeah. specifically. You said page 44. Yes. All right. Okay. Here we go. This looks like a very boring government document. All right. Actually, is it 44? Why is mine 40? Why 44? I see her, uh, Homosasa, Gainesville. Yeah, yours yours is saying a little bit different, but you're we're on the right track. So why don't you Northport, Sarasota, Bradenton. There it is. Yep. Okay. Perfect. So if you look here at the top of the page, you can say one person home, two person, three person, how many people are in the house, right? Yep. And that income is derived with anybody who's working 18 and over. That's the people, whatever they're making for income is going to be what you qualify on. But let's just say an average house, either two to four or five people. If you have a house of five, right, you have three kids and two adults, that income goes up on the guaranteed loan to 146000 So it's a little bit more, but one to four is 110650 Okay, that's your income limit. If you lived in Naples or you're looking in that market, so you're looking at um, Immokalee or Marco Island, it goes up another $4,000. Say, give or take, right? So it's one fourteen and one fifty one. So and if you're you, like everywhere's in, different. Miami, yeah. one hundred and eleven, one hundred and eighteen. Expensive there. People right. have higher incomes. People are making more money. Property values are more. Yeah. So this is something you're definitely going to want to look at. And if you're self-employed, you're definitely going to want to not just say I don't qualify, because. You gotta. We look at the adjusted net income. I'm not just looking at your your gross income. Be you know at that point. I'm gonna look at what you take home at the end of the day. So we need to look at every case by case. So I'm not saying look at this as 
as a measuring stick and still talk to your your loan officer to see what you qualify for. But um, this is just a good idea. If you know you make $300,000 a year, you know that stop looking into a USDA loan because you're, you're not going to qualify. You know, that's the main point I want to say. If you're close to this number, you still want to take a check. There's a, still a little bit of a grace, 115% that we have that we can play with those numbers. So um, definitely we have to take that into consideration. But again, use this as a measuring stick. If you're poking around, if you're one of those many people that are on the internet looking into USDA loans, well, now you kind of know where to go. And the two things, the two main things you want to look at, right? You want to look at what's my income requirements in the area I'm looking for. Two, what areas qualify? So maybe I find out that, you know what? I I'm going to be working in Tampa or I'm going to be working in Boston. I don't want a 40 minute drive into, into work. Um, I'm going to just go with a regular traditional loan. Or you're going to say, you know what? I'm living here and I'm there's like five surrounding towns in the city, say, for example, where I live in Massachusetts up by Worcester, Mass. All the surrounding towns qualify for it. So my drive to work would be 15, 20 minutes. And I, I'm in a suburb that qualifies for a USDA loan, which we do a lot of in that, in that northeast corner. Well, this really, uh, I guess, arms people with where to find information so that they have more knowledge um, and are more educated on it when they go to talk with their mortgage lender. Um, so me. just setting setting people up for success, which is, you know, all we're hoping to do here. That's all we want to do. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. I think we went a little over this time, but we had a lot of information to give you. And hopefully we have a couple good sound bites between, you know, the eligibility, the monthly income caps and stuff like that, that we can kind of give you some shorts if you're following us on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. We'll have some shorts on these different areas so you can get this in bite sizes rather than that's right. My 20, 30 minutes of banter. And if you have specific questions, please uh, send them on to us. We've been fielding, gosh, Chris, it was six months ago when we talked about this last. And ever since then, we've been fielding a lot of questions that have come um, just from this topic alone. So please don't hesitate. We're very happy to um, to guide people, um, guide people in, in what could be best for them. So. Perfect. Well, thank you, Mindy. And thank you for all joining us. And I uh, look forward to, you know, speaking to any of you soon. And um, yeah. we have a great, great rest of your summer for us in Florida. I think our kids only have a couple more weeks before they go back to school. I can't believe it's hard to believe, hard to believe. Out. So I well, know the mar I market will pick up again. So I know everybody will start buying in the next few months for the holidays and before they take the next break. So we're armed yeah. and ready for your calls. Well, we will, uh, at the bottom of this podcast in this video, we'll link um, a blog on this if you'd like to read it as well. And then on there is also if anyone wants to check their eligibility or have a conversation with Chris and his team, um, there is a link there to apply um, that uh, you can go to and put some information in or to contact uh, and, uh, and kind of start that conversation. So that'll all be linked below. And uh, yeah, so until next week, Chris. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye